Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and you are about to watch Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. Uh, we have an amazing guest today. I'm so excited about this. But um, in tribute to the fact that uh, our book, Jessica, my wife and I's book, comes out tomorrow, uh, The Devil Inside Me, uh, our film is going to play on Halloween night. How fitting, The Devil Inside Me. Um, we're going to play a clip of the movie. It's the preview of it. But I was reading my devotional this morning. Um, I kind of, this is what I do to trick myself because sometimes, you know, our phones can be very, very dangerous. So I plant reading material because what man doesn't like to take his phone to the restroom? You know what I'm saying? Um, so I plant different things around the house so that I read and I'm constantly filling myself with goodness as opposed to some of the other dis distraction crap that's out there and use your imagination. But Frankly, it's so easy to get distracted now. You can, it is, it's nuts. But um, I do this because I'm one of those people that I'm extremely susceptible to what I hear, uh, to what I see. I've got triggers, like I, land, I got trigger landmines everywhere. And while my journey with Jesus has been about healing and I've healed so much, I have to protect myself because I do recognize how easy it is to go back. With that said, today's devotional was actually quite fitting for what. My, our book is about, <laughs> and uh, I thought I'd share this with you. Scrutinize yourself thoroughly. When he came to his senses, Luke 15, 17, few people have the courage to engage in some painfully honest self-examination. They defend their own weaknesses and are always quick to justify their own shortcomings. They even ignore their sins in an attempt to evade the consequences of thereof. Who's guilty of that? An honest evaluation of yourself is to first step towards spiritual and moral renewal. The picture that you see when you look at yourself honestly may be discouraging. How hard is it to look in the mirror for some of you? I mean, I was two years into walking with the Lord and still couldn't look at myself in the mirror. So you're not alone. Uh, I, I, I love that. when I, The picture that you see when you look at yourself honestly may be very discouraging. Hidden sin, pettiness, jealousy, greed, lust. Big one. And the multitude of destruction forces that only you are aware of are revealed in the hidden depths of your soul. And you are standing in the bright, white light of God's perfect holiness. It is an experience known only to those who have enough courage to be completely honest with God and with themselves. Fortunately, God does not see you for what you are, but also what you can become through his grace and the work of the Holy Spirit. When you have reached the, this low water mark, you should look up and see yourself as God sees you. It is an astonishing sight. <laughs> Praise God for that. You realize that you are his child who has made for the mountaintops of faith and not for the valleys of sin. Through Jesus, you are redeemed from the power of sin. Your love for him intensifies and you view life from a completely new perspective. You suddenly discover that you are a new creation through the strength of the imminent Christ. Wow. Now, you know, Gratitude Unfiltered is all about putting a spotlight on the shadow world, my shadow world. This has been my healing journey. Every episode since episode one to today has been a journey. 
There's been ups and downs, but through it all, God's grace has shined through. And I'm so grateful for that. What you're about to see is probably one of the most disturbing pieces of video you will ever see. But this is my life. This is a preview to our movie, The Devil Inside Me, um, to complement the book that uh, Jessica and I wrote. It's my story. It's real. It's graphic. It's disturbing. And if you're triggered easily, don't watch. Or pray. <laughs> because here's the thing I know about triggers. Triggers remind us of what God still gets to heal if you let him. So with that said, the devil inside me. The devil inside. The devil. Oh, what a scary thing. But it brings so much satisfaction. It brings so much satisfaction to give in to the, the temptation. It used to hurt me. It used to hurt me so bad. You didn't have to take my innocence, but you did. You took my innocence. Both of you, both of you devils, you took my innocence and robbed everything that was to look pretty and safe and comfortable. And now all I see are the pleasures of, of sex feeling and the rush of euphoria that comes from this bowl of toxic but glorious amazement, the feeling of euphoria and pleasure and not getting enough. I can't get enough. Feed me, feed me. Oh. But you hurt me. But you hurt me and you take so much away, devil. You've taken so much from me. It used to hurt me. You used to hurt me so bad. You didn't have to. Take my innocence, but you did. You took my innocence, both of you, both of you devils. You took my innocence and robbed everything that was to look pretty and safe and comfortable. And now all I see are the pleasures of, of sex and the feeling and the rush of euphoria that comes from this bowl of toxic but glorious amazement, the feeling of euphoria and pleasure 
and not getting enough. I can't get enough. Feed me, feed me. But you hurt me. But you hurt me and you take so much away, devil. You've taken so much from me. My innocence, my youth, my purity, the joy of living a normal life. I just want to feel the pain that brings pleasure, the pain, the pain that these drugs bring, the pain that sex brings. I want it all because it's the only thing that can satisfy this demon inside of me. I want it to go away. I want it to stop. I want that to stop. My own voice creeps me out. Anyway, how fitting that our guests... <laughs> Check this out. I don't normally read bios. Um, I really do take pride in the Holy Spirit giving me questions to ask and... I love the power of curiosity, but I just happened to look down today. Re Listen to this. Papa Ray has been married to the same amazing woman for 36 years. I pray to God that I married to Jessica for that long and then some. He is an international speaker and a coach, a pastor, a missionary, a business owner, an author, an artist, a poet. He has started and run three companies and a ministry. He is now building a local and national outreach and to raise awareness of absent and abusive fathers. Papa Ray published his first set of books, Daddy, Why Don't You Love Me? Oh boy, I'm going to cry. A Father's Blessing to Son and Daughter, Healing the Wounds of an Absent and Abusive Father. <laughs> okay, Holy Spirit, <laughs> Holy Spirit, I just pray that you speak through both of us today and whatever you have planned for this broadcast, Lord, I just ask that you shine through us. You shine through us regardless of where the direction of this interview goes. I ask that you shine through us and um and help us just say the right word, say the say the message that needs to be heard for our audience. Lord, we love you and I surrender this broadcast to you in Jesus' name. Ladies and gentlemen, Papa Ray. What's up, Papa Ray? How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing amazing. Super excited to be here and share what the Lord's given me. I uh, I'm really honored to have you. So we're we're both on this. Um, <laughs> I <try laughs> so I've had a history. So like you saw, if you saw any of what or heard any of what was just plain, like sex. I was a chem sex addict, and so I spent a lot of time on sex apps and apps looking for drugs and apps doing all this. So it's only fitting now that I walk with Jesus, I'm on different types of apps and uh, uh, matchmaking services. <laughs> and so that's how we met, which is yeah. Podbooker or one of those uh, those booking or podcast booking websites. And it's really terrific because there's some really interesting people. And one of the things that tends to happen with talk shows and podcasts and stuff like that is people get stuck in this echo chamber of all the same guests because they stick to their platform um i'm i love this site because i get to meet people like yourself so yeah. i'm honored to have you here papa ray 
Uh, first things first, before we get into the conversation, what are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm just grateful for the wisdom that the Holy Spirit gives me every day. Uh, I love to write powerful content, and I just really share from my heart. And, and it, I got to give the Holy Spirit the credit because there's no way I come up with this stuff on my own. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't come up with this by myself. Yeah, it's, it's it's truly the Holy Spirit. I'm so that is what way. I'm truly grateful for is the wisdom. And I can only say the wisdom that he gives me on a daily basis. It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I can't. I he truly the most special thing I, I know about the Holy Spirit is that he will. He does amazing things with the unqualified. Yeah, <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> That that, me. If there's if there's ever been any proof to me that God exists and there is a Savior, there is a Jesus, there's a Jesus' spirit as of the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. it's that he will take the unqualified and do amazing things. Mm. And I that is the best evidence of God I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 good stuff. Good stuff. Why do they call you Papa Ray? Well, it all started when I was in Brazil. And uh, in 2004 is where my ministry started. Went back in 2006 and start mentoring some people at Sit in Touch. And instead of calling me Ray, they just called me Papa. Because I stood in the place as a father and I blessed them as a son and a daughter. So I went back four times since for a total of six trips. And everybody just simply called me Papa. So therefore, I go by Papa Ray. It's a good name. Now, where are you based out of? I'm in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, in the okay. southeastern part of Pennsylvania. So that's not near the Poconos? Uh, it's a couple hours away. Okay. So we're in the south uh, southeastern part in the Amish country. Now, what is that like? I, <laughs> I've never actually talked to somebody that lived near Amish country before. So, well, I live right like? in the heart of it. Uh, I grew up in a conservative Mennonite background, uh, not Amish, but very conservative. It's really unique because we're more so sheltered from economical downturns and swings because we're so diversified and we live in a robust culture here. And like I said, they're very diversified. And because they're very driven people, we're not as affected by the downturn in the economy because of the culture we live in. So it's kind of unique in its own way, but it has its downfalls because they're um, very close-minded. Just going to be honest. They're, as all conservative cultures are, they're not very open to new things. And anything new, they're very, very skeptical of it. If it's not the way we always done it, we don't want to do it. <laughs> so, but well, except for ingenuity. Now, ingenuity-wise, they're very cutting edge. They're very much cutting edge. It's just when it comes to spiritual and things like that, mm -hmm. or, a tech, or um, school or some or new ideas that affects you personally. They're like very slow to adapt to it, if at all. Now, ingenuity, give an example of that, if you don't mind, because I, I, I'm actually really fascinated by this because there's something 
I'm I'm of the belief that well, as technology advances, we've gotten further and further away from God. And as mm-hmm. convenience has advanced, we've gotten further from God. Um, I don't know how that worked, but it just did. I mean, other th- obviously it served as distractions and other things, yeah. but it's amazing how technology has been used now. But ingenuity, what do you mean by that? Can you give an example? So they're very, very creative. Uh, if you take the Amish culture, they're not allowed to have electricity, but they're allowed to use compressed air. So you'll go into their homes in their kitchens and they'll take a mixer or a blender and put an air motor on it. Uh, They'll put a hydraulic motor on their washing machines. So they're very, very creative people. And they, they, they find all these ways around. So they set these rules up to make them different from the world. Right. But they just find creative ways to make it work. (laughs) It's uh. You tell them they can't do something, they'll figure out a way to do it differently and add up with the same result. <laughs> it's, I, that's, it's That is cool. <laughs> oh, it's you amazing. Know, as far it's, as ideas go, like when it comes to faith, should faith ever change? I mean, should it evolve? I, it, isn't that part of the problem is that we keep reinterpreting what faith is, what God is, who God is, who Jesus right. is? Isn't that so, part of the problem? Well, our 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 understanding of faith in God should not change. Right. But who who we are in Christ should change. So when you look oh, at the conservative man. groups, no matter where they are or who they are, they're not very open to uh, like the spiritual aspect of it. And that's true whether it's Buddhist or Christian or or Jew, or whatever, you know, you look at Muslim, all these very ultra-conservative Orthodox uh, are very anti-spiritual, which we are spiritual beings. And if we do not practice who we are as a spiritual being, we're going to be, should I say, at a major, major disadvantage because we are now if we take the spiritual aspect out of who we are, we are now a mental, physical being, which greatly diminishes who we are. Because yeah. if you look at the original creation, God said, let us create them in our image. Well, God's not physical. He's spiritual. So he gave mankind a spiritual body because he was, I mean, a physical body because he was on a physical earth. So God does not dwell in a physical place. It's a spiritual place. Right. So now if we take out the spiritual aspect of who we are, we greatly diminish a great, uh, huge part of who we are. And uh, so if you look at the original in the beginning of creation in Genesis 2, it says he created man and woman. And after he created the woman, he goes, they were naked and not ashamed. So this is really, really critical that we understand what the original creation was, is God created a spiritual being, gave it a physical body, and it did not have, they were not ruled by, I believe they had, they were not ruled by emotions. Now, this is really, really critical that we understand this, because this is what I call understanding your owner's manual, is we are a body, 
we're a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, but we're also a spirit. So in the beginning, you can see it's very obvious mankind, man and woman, were not emotionally driven because it says they were naked and not ashamed. Now, if you go jump into Genesis chapter 3 and just fast forward, God's walking through the garden. He goes, Adam, where are you? And, God, and Adam's response is, I heard you and I was afraid. Again, very powerful emotion. Now, before, Adam's naked and he's not ashamed. Very powerful emotion. After the fall, he's afraid. So I call it the Genesis, understanding your owner's manual, the Genesis 316 model. Because it's in Genesis 316 where God is telling Adam and Eve how their life is going to look from there on out. So now we got to start, we got to stop and say, okay, what happened? What are we now? We are now emotional beings. So God's original intent was Adam and Eve to go and do what they will in the garden and multiply and expand the garden. I believe the garden compared to the size of the world was relatively very, very small. And the garden would have expanded as the human race expanded. So you could almost say that the garden of Eden was the kingdom of heaven on earth. Our mandate is to bring the kingdom of heaven and spread it around the world. It hasn't changed. Our, right. What is our commission and our mandate is still the same. It's, we have a huge problem now, and it's not the devil. <laughs> it is my emotions. So my emotions are what is going to stop me from doing what I want to do. Apostle Paul says, I do what I don't want to do, and what I want to do, I don't do. Was it the devil? Um, let me just say this. Our emotions are the bigger factor of what is happening. Let me unpack this a little bit. So the devil is a problem. I don't believe that he is the problem. Let me unpack why. Because in, in the word of God says, I have all authority. Jesus said, I have authority in, king, uh, in heaven and earth, and I give this unto you. God said, I want to give you exceedingly and abundantly more than you can imagine. Now, I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. That would mean right now. The devil is a problem. Now, what I see is the problem is how do I think about who I am? How do I think who I am is strictly emotional. Because if you gave me $10 million and say, Ray, who are you? I'm like, whoa, I am like freaking awesome. Yes, I am like, <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, whoa. But if you come to me and say, hey, you screwed up. IRS is going to take your house, go take your cars. I mean, they're really coming taking everything. And, and, the, and the sheriff shows up and puts a notice on my on my house and says, you can't go in. And you come up to me and say, Ray, who are you? I'm like, dude, I am crap. I am, I am like, oh, I am nobody. I'm nothing. Uh -huh. What happened? Did who I was is, did who I am in Christ change at all? 
No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What changed? Your emotions. Come on. 100%. How do I see myself as the only thing that changed in me? Now, this is so, so, so critical that we need to really unpack what I call the mechanics of emotions. And I like to teach on this called Understanding Your Owner's Manual, where we do seminars where we go really in-depth into unpacking who are you, what are you, and how does your how does your owner's manual work? So let's just dive in really deep here. Here comes an emotion. Here comes an event. It is something of your six senses. This can be in your spirit, and this can happen by thought alone. Here comes the event. Your brain literally does a research of your whole life in a nanosecond to determine what do I perceive is about to happen based 100% on what I believe happened in the past. So here comes this event, even by thought alone. My brain's doing the research on my subconscious. What does this mean? Now, here's the curious part. Where is your brain getting the primary information? Is getting it from the core of your life. The core of your life is from conception. Yes, from conception to 10 years old. When at conception, your spirit is fully developed. The egg, the sperm, and your spirit come together at one time. And your spirit doesn't mature. Your spirit is fully developed. It just takes time for your brain to mature to be able to interact with your spirit and to be able to enter into the spirit realm, which we'll we'll get into a little bit afterwards. So here it is. Your brain is doing a research of your core. Now, at your core... Your brain is in what we call a hyper neuroplasticity, simply meaning it's sucking in tons and tons of information at one time. Now, your brain is sucking that information in so fast that it's not developed enough to say, oh, that really doesn't make sense. Ray, come on, you should know better. It doesn't mean that. No. Your brain just sucks it in, categorizes this. When this happens, that's what it means. When this happens, that's what that means. Well, you don't know that you shouldn't think that. Your brain just takes it in. Here I am, 60 years old. When an event occurs, my brain, my subconscious, does a research of my whole life, primarily my core, comes back with a conclusion, ah, I believe this is about what's to happen. Now, it releases neurochemicals in my body. Cortisol and adrenaline are the two major ones. Cortisol or adrenaline, you know, is uh, makes your heart race, makes your uh, pupils dilate, your saliva, shuts down your organs. It's sending you into the fight or flight, the stress response. Now, here's the interesting guy is the cortisol. Cortisol mm. takes your cognitive thinking processing ability, takes your creativity and drops it dramatically, literally from 720 bits of data to 20 bits of data, and it happens in a nanosecond. That's amazing. All designed to keep you safe. You know, I um, 
it's this is so cool I, that you're talking about all this. I mean, this I I've never taken notes during an interview ever, and I'm <laughs> I got two pages. I mean, they're small, but I got two pages already. Um, the cortisol and adrenaline thing. So I have chronic adrenal fatigue. I know exactly what you're talking about. I because I abuse so many hardcore stimulants for so long. I mean, I'm talking. I start. I think I started probably about 15. Wow. Uh, just wow. abusing it started with mini thins, which was suedofedrin. And, you know, it just, mm-hmm. I completely butchered and then taking testosterone too young. I just did a lot of stuff. So I used to think that I had chronic low testosterone. And so I would take all the testosterone supplements, get the shots from the doctors, do all that stuff only to find. And I was burning through it in a week, spending mm. thousands of dollars on the stuff, burning through it. We'll come to find out. I, I discovered later that it was adrenal fatigue. Mm. When your adrenals are tapped, your cortisol's off, your brain's off, you're tired. Oh, yeah. No, nothing works. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. The worst. So, a lot of people out there that are tired and sluggish all the time think it's low testosterone. Odds are you have adrenal fatigue or mm. your cortisol is, what is it, too low or too high? I forgot how that worked. So when your cortisol gets high, your brain just goes to mush. Right. Your creativity is okay. gone. You have low cortisol. Right. Yeah. Okay. Your, your cognitive anyway, thinking is gone. Yeah. You're a mess. You're just simply a mess. Okay. Keep going. I just I just wanted yeah. to like oh, yeah. add to yeah. this because I I I'm on track with you. I, I love what you're saying. Keep going. So now here's the here's the critical part, guys. This is you really got to get this. Is this happens by thought alone? You can be sitting there in the safest place in the world and you have a thought and it triggers the cortisol and adrenaline and your brain goes bizarre. Now you ever see some really intelligent person doing something, could we say, just really stupid? We all seen it. We all seen that. What happened is your IQ will not change much at all unless you have a brain disease or a traumatic brain injury. You literally cannot increase your IQ a lot much. I don't think it's more than really 10 points. If you put a tremendous amount of effort in, you can increase your IQ maybe about 10. The the thing that we really want to focus on is called EQ, emotional awareness. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Emotional intelligence. You called it emotional awareness? Yeah. Oh, I've always known it as emotional intelligence. It's same thing. Same thing. Okay. So emotional intelligence, emotional awareness is called EQ, our uh, emotional quotation. The, the key is, what does it do? It can literally drop from your brain processing 720 bits of data to 20 in a nanosecond because you feel threatened. Wow. Your IQ won't change. Your EQ will change dramatically just by your thoughts alone. Guys, this is so, so important. Now, we say the devil is not the problem. He is a problem. Now, here's where he becomes a huge problem is in your core conception at 10 years old, you're not able to categorize that, oh, this is happening and it shouldn't be happening. I'm just going to dismiss that. No, your brain just simply sucks it in, puts it in a category, remembers it the rest of your life. Yeah, you cannot forget. So we like to say, oh, you need to forgive and forget. Well, here's the problem is 
you can't forget. So the next time that memory comes up, you're like, oh, didn't I forgive? I, I didn't forget it. Did I forgive that? So now you're struggling with, did I really forgive? Forgiving simply means I'm no longer hold them accountable or hold them in debt to. You cannot forget what you can do. And this is the critical, this is the million dollar answer right here, is you have to change the meaning you gave to the event. That's it. it as could a that personal, be, could that also be said as like reframe? Could you like yep. is it reframing? Reframing, changing the meaning, guys, girls. No matter what you've been through, I don't care. I'm just going to be real. As and I've seen this happen over and over and over. When you go back and you are willing to change the meaning. It will radically, radically set you free because that's a really unpack this. When your brain perceives a threat of danger, it is associating it with something that happened in the past that caused physical, mentally, emotional pain. Your brain is perceiving what is about to happen and it goes into the response, stress response, shuts down, kicks in the adrenaline, kicks in the cortisol, and you go into whatever you go. Now, when you're overwhelmed, your cortisol, you're crashing and burning, you want what? Serotonin, dopamine. What is drugs? Serotonin, dopamine. What is sex? Serotonin, dopamine. It's the high. It's the rush. It's the pleasure. You realize <laughs> people literally get hooked on anger because yeah. anger releases cortisol and adrenaline. <laughs> Guilty. It, it, I mean, so people get angry because they're not feeling fulfilled so let's just unpack that a little bit you ever have a time something somebody do something and you're like ah that's you know, i stop you're just annoying you're just annoying don't <laughs> yeah. do that don't do that the next day they do the exact same thing and you lose your mind you just blow your stock just like freak out on them Guilty. what happened they did the same person did the exact same thing they did before before you're like, you're just being a jerk. The next time you blow up, what happened? Your emotions happen. How are you feeling in the moment is what happened? How do you think about you and your life? Here comes the event. Your, your mind, your brain does the research of your subconscious. What does that mean? It also goes through your emotional calculator. How do I feel right now? How do I feel about that person? And in a nanosecond, you respond based on what do you perceive happened in the past? What do you perceive will happen based 100% on how do I feel emotionally right now is how you're going to respond. Wow. <laughs> okay. I'll, I know that you can keep on talking, but I have because for the sake of time. Yeah. I I know that this ties into your books. Yes. 100%. Because so for me most of my trauma happened at the age of 7. I mean it did carry on, but this like all at one time I got abandonment, molested, abused, like it just all happened at one time. And um 
And then I, you know, my relationship with my father was never good. Like I, the mm. big theme of the devil inside me is my relationship with my dad. Um, so that trauma that you talk about and you talk about being an adrenaline dunk junkie. And I tell people all the time when I, you know, for me, I became a chemsex addict immediately because when I discovered cocaine for at first, it immediately, well, I say immediately, it was a couple lines in, but the nightmares that I had had about what had happened to me sexually as a kid converted to fantasy like that. That's mm -hmm. what drugs did. So now all of a sudden I'm associating drug sex together and that's being the release or that being the relief from the pain, yeah. the confusion, yeah. the anger, the hostility, all of that. And then on the flip side of the euphoria that came from chemsex, the flip side was then my anger was the fuel for my motivation for everything. It drove me. So that's why my adrenals are tapped <laughs> and why yeah. I'm fascinated into all this. Yeah. So I want to ask you, do you believe that the healing process for people that have been abused, people that have, you know, they've they're the adrenaline junkies. Do you or do you the, the people that have experienced trauma? Do you think that cortisol and adrenal glands and all that? Do you think that that factors into the healing of trauma? That there's only one way to heal a trauma, and that is change the meaning you give it. If you try to medicate it, you're never changing what your brain is researching. Remember. It's true. Your it's brain true. is researching every moment of every day. It's researching your past to determine what is about to happen in the future. So you use all these things like uh, if you're struggling with lust, you bounce your eyes. Instead of looking at the girl, bounce into something else. Uh, sorry, you're going to be walking around trying to uh, do this other thing to avoid lusting. Well, why do you lust? There is a reason. And a lot of men that struggle with lust have anger toward their mom. Well, if you don't deal with the root cause, you're never going, you're going to be fighting that other mechanics. You're going to be doing this other thing all the time, trying to avoid doing the bad thing you want to do. I want to go in and deal with the reason why. So we can know the how, we can know the where and the what, but if we never know the why, it's going to keep happening. And I'm going to have to do that little trick thing to, to avoid myself falling into that trap. I don't want to do the maintenance. Maintenance is costly. Maintenance is expensive. It's, it's time consuming. I want to eliminate. I want to get in there and then do an elimination process. I used to struggle with pornography until I got over the anger of my mother. My mother does not affirm anything I do. <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of funny is in May, I'm 60 years old, just um, in September, I turned 60. And uh, this is so funny because in May was our 36th wedding anniversary. And we went, my mom took us out to dinner I'm telling her the amazing thing God's doing in my life and the amazing breakthroughs we're having in our coaching. And I'm telling you, every single thing I said, she goes, yeah, but 
yeah, but. And I'm like, Mom, can't you just be happy for me? She goes, <laughs> yeah, but. And I'm like, what? Are you serious? you got to be kidding. And you know what? I had an epiphany. I came home with my wife and I said, oh, my gosh, honey. Now I know why I get so angry when you don't agree with my new ideas or what I'm trying to do or if you don't come on board right away. Now I know why I get so angry. And she goes, duh. She knew it all along, but she couldn't tell me. I had to see it on my own. I'm telling you, when I had that epiphany and my wife doesn't agree with me, I don't get near as fl- – I mean, I don't like it when she don't agree, but I'm like, oh, I'm okay with it. Right. What happened? I changed the meaning of what it meant when my wife doesn't agree. I realized it came from my mom. I had to look at my mom and say, my mother was broken and empty. She couldn't give me what she didn't have. When I changed the meaning, radically changed what happens in the future when something similar comes up. I got to ask you something, because you seem to kind of, you know, about the trauma side of things, the, the parent relationship. My mom was, I thank God every day that my mom left me in jail the sixth time. I, mm. I, I she. She was the one that was always sending me Charles Stanley devotionals. And, you know, I'm annoyed going, I'm trying to do cocaine or meth right now. Like, quit sending me this crap. But I, I'm right, so right. grateful for that. That said, my as I mentioned, my relationship with my dad was its thing. But I figured out a couple of years ago, because I had been through the misdiagnosis and I had the nine medications and I did all the yeah. stuff with the psychiatrist. And all it did was make me crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been very fortunate to you know, be able to get off all those meds because I started to really understand what they were doing to me. Yeah. And, God. and, wow. it's, and it's, but it's what has come out of it is the understanding that I have. I don't want to give power to it, but the, the disassociative identity, I don't like to say the last word, which is multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, through my, my wife has been the, the, the most amazing help through this. But I've been able to go through with the altars and heal them. It's like retraining, retraining each altar's trigger. And um, which has been kind of an interesting case study because I haven't been going to a professional. I've been doing it with God. I've been doing it with my wife. And it's just been this very, it's a process, but I'm healing and I'm getting better. But one of the things that struggled with, I could live with four of the altars that I had. It's the other two that I'm terrified of. And, um, but the part that I want healed more than anything is my sexual identity. Mm-hmm. And I, and I'm going to speak for myself and I'm only doing this. Well, one, because that's kind of what I do is I just share everything, but also because I know there's a lot of pastors and other men of God and women of God that struggle with this, but they struggle in silence. Mm -hmm. But with me, my altars have different sexualities and different sexual taste. And some are really, really, really severe and crazy and all of that. But God's been healing it slowly, but surely. How, in your opinion, can we heal things? Like, is there a faster way to heal the fragmented mind, because you yes. mentioned before, it's reframing. 
And that's kind of, to be honest with you, that's kind of what I'm doing with retraining the triggers is looking at them differently. I've been able to look at my molesters differently than ever before. Even my father's abuse, I, I get it. And I'm able now to see that my father contributed way more positive things to my life than the things that I picked out that were negative and traumatic and all of that. But there's other things that yet I'm still healing. The other one is this that part of that with the, the sexual identity thing, again, for me, is it's chemsex. It's the desire. And it's like a it's a hunger, like a bloodlust desire for drugs and sex. I don't give into it, but I have it. I'm ready for that to go away because I know what that's telling me goes against all of my healing and will only set me back and take me back to, well, the devil inside me days. Yeah. So here's here's, here's the question. So why do we want illicit pleasures is because what we have is not enough. Okay. We want pleasure, whether that be overeating, whether that be sex, whether that be alcohol, whether it be pornography, whether it be adultery, whether it be working or ministry, is we get a high from doing good things. We get a high from doing bad things. Now, you're going to say, well, going to work is not a bad thing. Uh, as it is, if you're doing it 20 hours a day, if that's all you can live for, then work and ministry becomes your idol. That's what you use to overcome the deficit in your mind, in your heart. So you have to say, okay, why am I doing whatever I'm doing? And you can say, well, you know, like I said, it's not a bad thing. But it's because you're trying to fill an empty void. Now, I want to back up a little bit to your multiple personalities is why are they even there in the first place? I don't know. So you, you develop them in your mind to protect something that you were trying to, that you were afraid of. So there's a fear that is there. And in your brain, you develop something that stands in the place and stands guard for the fear that you're facing. What is the fear? The fear, just hear me out. The fear is a perception of what you believe will happen if you don't have it there. Again, they're lies. So if, if you know the truth and the truth will set you free, Amen. that means if any area of your life you don't you do are not free, that means you do not have the truth. So you have to look at each area and say, okay, I, I don't I don't have freedom. Where's the lie? So the father of lies can only stand and operate from a lie in your life. So if the father of lies is in your life for any reason, that means the only way he is allowed to be there and have any influence is he's standing on a lie. So what's the lie? We got to back it up, back it up. Back when I was four years old, my father left my home, left my mom to raise three boys by herself, didn't pay child support. I told people all my life, I'm abandoned, I'm rejected. Suffered through two major depressions. The last one, I'm five minutes away from suicide. What was the lie? I believe God could do anything and everything he wanted to do. The lie was, I didn't think he was going to do it for me. And I got to the point. I'm just going to be real. 
is I believe God was laughing at me. I honestly believe he called the angels together and he was laughing at me. How did I get there? It's really, really simple. It's like taking a piece of paper and stacking another piece of paper on top of it. At first, it doesn't look very significant, but you just keep stacking one piece of paper on top of another for 60 years. Well, guess what? You're going to have a huge stack of paper and you're not going to be able to see out around it because it's going to be 100% blocking and you're going to have a whole new vision of what it means. The vision is going to be the stack of papers. So whatever's in them papers is going to be your new belief system. It didn't happen quickly. It took a long, long, long time. So I was 54, I'm 60 now, I was 54 years old, but what, 53 years old when I was five minutes away from suicide. Now, I have been through uh, a radical transformation over the last six years. So seven years ago, I was in the struggle. It took me about a year to catch my equilibrium, to get my foot on, feet on the ground. And I've been on an accelerated growth track ever since. I mean, unbelievable growth. And it, again, it is now stacking one piece of paper on top of another, but at a much faster rate. Because now it's very, very intentional of me re- being in my recovery, learning and understanding. And guys, the word of God says, take every thought captive, bring it into submission, casting down all vain imaginations that sets itself up against the kingdom. And that is literally taking one thing, one step. And here's the key. It's a, it's a five-step process. It, it's simply stop. What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that? Is it true? What's the truth? Let me say it again. It's a simple five steps. And the number one is stop. Number two, Ray, what are you thinking? Guys, if you never stop to say, what are you thinking? You're never going to fix it. And here's the key. Why? Why, 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 why? If you don't know the why, it'll never happen. It'll never stop. It'll never change. Is it true? What's the truth? Stop. What am I thinking? Write down. What are you thinking? Whatever it is, write it down. And then ask yourself, Ray, why are you thinking that? And then whatever the answer is, you write that down. And then you say, why am I thinking that? Whatever the answer is, you write it down. Why am I thinking that? Write it down. Why am I thinking that? Write it down. Why? Am I? And you're going to get to the core. You're going about five or six times down. You're going to get to why now here's the key guys when you get the why change the meaning that's it that's the million dollar coaching answer <laughs> you guys can send me that uh uh transfer bank transfer or check or cash i don't care <laughs> typical preacher anyway <laughs> i'm just messing with no, you this is, this is it I, I give this information uh, uh, to anybody and everybody. I don't care. I was on a coaching discovery call with a guy from Norway. And I knew, you know, before we ever got on the call, that he's not going to be able to pay me the rates that I charge. And I was okay with it. I was on the phone with him for an hour and a half. We only set our discovery calls at 30 minutes just to see if they're able, you know, are, are ready to move forward. I spent an hour and a half with him just pouring out the best information and just getting to his why. Because, again, I knew right up front he wasn't going to be able to afford it. 
So I spent an hour and a half helping him find the why. And he goes, man, because I hate you. <laughs> you annoy me. That's <laughs> like, because we got right to his why very, very, very quickly. And he's like, oh. And so, yeah, I love, I love, love, love this because when I help somebody find their why, I just changed the world. I made the world a better place to live. You did, yeah. And I'll, I'll sit there with a total stranger and help them find their why in a heartbeat because it's not hard. It is, and the Holy Spirit leads me, but there's just very common things amongst all people. And then no, just I with the that. leading of the Holy Spirit, you know, I can, within a couple hours, I can find help somebody find their why, literally within a couple hours. To your point, I teach a gratitude practice that, um, like, people, I hear people talk, say all the time, we'll write out 100 things you're grateful for, write 10 things down. You could just mindlessly write. That's not going to change anything. Right. But if you <laughs> ask yourself why you're grateful, why are you grateful the sun's out? Okay, why? Yep. And you ask yourself why at the end of each, I'm grateful for this statement until you run out of whys. Then it's in your heart. It's getting to, as you said, the core of the matter. Like, yeah, I'm truly grateful for this. And this is why. You know, like, why I'm great. I'm great for you, Papa Ray. I'm grateful for this interview because, or really conversation, because I've got about 15 different takeaways that I can apply to my life that's going to accelerate my healing. And this is the season, uh, yeah. I, I believe with all my heart that this is the season to do your healing. Like this is, you got to face those truths. You got to be willing to be honest with, not just with God, yourself. Actually, that reminds me of something. I want to ask you really quick before we end this. Actually, this would be the last question. What so many pastors stuck, so many people think that God is. I'm sorry, hold on. So many people put pa pastors on a pedestal, whether that was by design or whatever. But there's this aura around pastors that because they're behind a pulpit, there's a level of perfection there that oh. Oh makes them a target. But the truth is that pastors still struggle with all the same crap that you do, uh, you out there watching and listening. You, they struggle with, with perversion. They struggle with sex addiction. They struggle with, it could be any kind of addiction. It could be anger. It could be lust. It could be, it could be rage. It could be bad with finances, being bad stewards. It could be, they're human beings. The people in the church that we get so mad at that they didn't say hi to us, we forget that they're human beings. Yeah. Can you speak to why, and I probably answered my own question, but Gratitude Unfiltered is about God came to me, God created the show, and he said, in the process of creating it, you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. You don't have, you don't get the luxury of keeping secrets. You get to tell all of it. Why? Because you're the world's greatest hider. Because I was good at hiding. I could hide in front of anybody. And so, like, now I get to talk about everything, and I've gotten so comfortable with it. Like, I don't fear it. And I can even, like, a month, two months ago, I switched to one of my altars. I was gone for a month because I changed my routine and blah, blah, blah. All these different things happened. But I was not Joshua for a month. Hmm. And that was rough. And I'm a man of God. I love Jesus. I get to talk about Jesus on stage. It's the most amazing thing. But guess what? That month, 
I was about the furthest thing from Christ-like you can imagine. But I felt comfortable talking about it. And mind you, I don't make the money that preacher, you know, some of those big time preachers make. But why don't they talk about their struggle in real time in a way that is not dumbed down and boring? Like, yeah, I looked at a girl lustfully. What does that even mean, lustfully? Like, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying you need to give us the shape of her boobs, but I'm saying, like, can we just be real? We've become desensitized to the words child abuse. Human trafficking, addiction, abuse, we've become desensitized to all of it. If we don't make people feel, how can we expect them to change? And the the people that should be the biggest ones putting spotlights on their shadow world are the people behind the pulpit. So can you you talk to that for me? Sure. They're protecting their image. And so when you're in the public eye, it's all image. Uh, You know, let's be real. I don't care if you're a left or right politician. It doesn't matter what what you are. If you're a, an actor, it, it's all it's all an act. I mean, we have the public face and we have the private face. You know, we don't act in public the way we do in front of our family because it's not safe. We do things that hurt the ones we love because we could never be that in the public eye. Never. So it's all image. It, it, you know, it's 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 a mask. I say uh, the what the people what you see is simply a mask, and uh, guys, you know we all do it. We, we're all we're all hiders. Yeah, you got it. We all wear the mask. Every every single person wears a mask because uh, the real person is the person that's kicked in the corner. Mm-hmm. What comes out of your mouth when you're kicked in the corner? is who you really truly are everything else is a mask is we're trying to hide who we really are because we do not stop and look at who we are mm-hmm. so the next time you get angry be pay close attention to what comes out of your mouth because that's truly who and what you are is when you become angry yeah so if you really want to know pay close attention I really want to uh, touch on one thing before we go here is one of the deep healing processes that I help lead people through is simply take a white coffee cup and take a black magic marker and write the people's names on it of the people who hurt you. Put it in a paper bag and go out and throw it on the sidewalk. And then when you come back, take them broken pieces and look at that and say, my abuser was broken and empty they could not give me what they did not have and it really takes away the pain of that you were somehow responsible because until you are really able to go there and take away the that you are somehow a fault or a part of or that you had something to do with it until you change how you see it change the meaning my abuser, my perpetrator was broken and empty. Mm. Wasn't me. Guys, you really have to be able to change that meaning. Because if you don't, so good, if you do not change that meaning or reframe it over and over and over and over until you always come up with the new meaning, you're going to struggle with the old meaning. I've been taken advantage. I've been abused. I'm a victim. It was my fault. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. Stop it. Change the meaning. 
You are a new creation in Christ. That means what happened, the meaning has changed. If you are renewed in Christ, that means what happened back then. I don't care what happened 10 seconds ago. If you are renewed in Christ, that's not you anymore. Amen. That's not who you are. Stop saying that's who you are. So I used to say I was abandoned. I was rejected. Well, guess how I lived my life? Like I was abandoned. I was rejected. So seven years ago, I was I was done. I was ready to die. I seriously wanted to die. Now I'm okay with dying. I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not going to speed it up. <laughs> I'm not going to accelerate it by no means. <laughs> but, but now my circle of influence has been radically, radically, radically changing to a higher quality and higher quality and higher quality all the time, year in and year out. My circle of influence is, is significantly increasing. And I'm so what why is because I am changing how I see Ray in my internal self-talk, in my my internal self-belief is radically changing because I'm constantly looking at it, Ray. Why did you think that? Why did you do that? Why do you think that? Why'd you do that? Well, it's because of this. Oh, that's not true. Oh, yeah, you're right. You can't think that anymore. Yeah, you're right. So now it's one thing, one step. You got to take it one at a time and keep changing it, keep transforming it, keep transforming it, keep transforming it. Guess what? You're going to start developing them new beliefs, the new understandings of who you are. And again, it's one thing one step but you cannot stop doing it you got to keep doing it keep doing it keep looking at who are you ray who are you oh yes why did you do that because oh i know why i did that is it true no it's not true what is the truth the truth is i am seated in heavenly places with christ so that guy just blew me off uh i lost whatever i lost money i lost um, credibility, whatever. I made a mistake. See, I made a mistake. Am I who I was yesterday? Absolutely not. So I'm not that anymore. So stop saying that. Stop saying to yourself that's who you are. You're not that. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> that's so good, man. So if you guys want to watch an amazing, amazing video, it's called Just Stop It with Bob Hope. It's It's amazing. I love it. And I show all my clients that. <laughs> I'm going to check that out too. Um, Papa Ray, how do people find you? Plug everything you want to. I don't endorse coaches rarely. I, I like it once in a blue moon because um, I most of my friends are coaches of some kind. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I also okay. know what they do in their private life. So I'm not really... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, oh, God, I you don't know me better. <laughs> uh, no offense, because I know you're watching. I love you, but come on. Um, I know what you do. Anyway, I actually, I've gotten so much value from this. Like, I, I could have you. I could have you on once a week. I mean, it just, I really, really enjoyed this. And I think the audience out there has found a lot of value in this also. And I, not that you, you know, need my stamp of approval, but. My goodness, I took seven page of, pages of notes. Um, one, if I could, one, one more thing. Everything you want to plug. Yeah, one more thing I want to share okay. is remember, 
is at the core from conception. Now, this is so critical you get this. From conception, it, your brain, your spirit is fully alive, fully functional, and sucking in all the information that's happening. And this is why the Father's blessing is so, 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 so critical. Because I literally start at conception and say, you're, you are not a mistake. You're not an accident. You are loved. You're wanted as a son or you're wanted as a daughter. I bless the first trimester in your mother's womb. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You wanted a son or a daughter. And I go through each trimester, birth, infant, toddler, youth, teen, adult. And this is so in intriguing is I have seen people radically, radically transformed by hearing you're not abandoned. You're not rejected in the womb. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident in the womb. It is speaking to the lie. Again, where does the father lie stand on a lie? If you're not free, that means there's a lie. And the father of lies is able to stand on it. And the bigger the platform, the bigger the lie, the more power he has and the more friends he invites to come in and stand on it. <laughs> Guys, let me do a shameless plug for my book. Please. It's called Daddy, Why Don't You Love Me? A Father's Blessing to a Son, Healing the Wounds of the Absent and Abusive Fathers. Also the same thing for the daughter. It's um, So we write gender specific for significant reasons. Is I want to speak to you as a son or a daughter, and in, especially in that womb. Now, fathers, if you're listening to me, please, 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 uh, email me, buy the book, go on my website, but take that blessing that I'm sharing, starting from conception all the way through life, and share that with your children. If you want to restore that relationship with your children, the father's blessing is where you are as the father. And do this with people you don't even know. I've done this with literally thousands and thousands of people. I have thousands of spiritual children uh, all over the world. The people that received that blessing are now my spiritual sons and daughters. And their, their lives have been radically transformed because we broke the lie that they believed, even in the womb. So my book is on Amazon, Daddy, Why Don't You Love Me? A Father's Blessing to a Son. And another book is Father's Blessing to a Daughter, same title. You can also find my website at Father's blessing.info that's father's blessing.info you can also find me on facebook i put uh very high value content on facebook almost every day i'm always posting something of significant value and transformational at papa ray hurst or just simply ray hurst on facebook and you can find my coaching website at ILAP now. That's I-L-A-P-N-O-W.com. And let me just say this. If I sit down with you in person for eight hours and I do not change your life at all, I will give your money back before you walk out. I will also fly anywhere in the world. Stay in your home for three days. If you tell me at the end of them three days, we start our session at eight in the morning. We go to six o'clock in the evening for three straight days. And I've done over 20 of these. 
in the last three years. If you say, Ray, you know what? You're a nice guy. I got nothing. My life didn't change. I'll give you money back, including airfare. No questions. And then listen, and the other thing too, and I, I had a feeling that you were an EQ guy just from the way that you were speaking at the beginning. I doing EQ work in the way that I did it, which was very culty, <laughs> um, but I was able to separate my relationship with the Lord was strong enough that I was able to separate myself into the point where I'm not enrolling anyone <laughs> into anything other than Jesus, mm -hmm. uh, not your program. I don't, it's not that great. Not talking about you, Papa Ray, but um, that work that I did it helped me get so comfortable with truth and become fearless in truth. I am so grateful for that work that I've done. And I still do the work because it matters. You will lose it if you don't keep it up. But oh, that yeah, work yeah, fundamentally yeah, yeah. changed my life. It helped me understand the Bible. It helped me understand the Bible's principles. It helped me understand truth. It helped me understand being fearless. It helped me understand courage. I mean, I can go through the list. So the fact that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ teaching emotional intelligence work. It's an exorcism. I, I'm, I can only guess the three days that you're talking about going to the house. It's an exorcism. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so amazing. So yeah, I've been to Brazil, yeah, I've been to Brazil six times. I, I cast out demons. I've seen people supernaturally healed. And now my primary focus is find the lie. Yeah. That's, that's all. I mean, Wow. I loved I loved chasing demons. I used to be a demon hunter, and that was my main focus. Now I'm like, no, let's find the lie. You know, let's get the lie out, and then they have nothing to stand on. Uh, it's like this: so you got you got rats in the garbage dump. You can chase rats all day, or you can clean the garbage out, and they have nothing to eat. So, what do you want to do? You want to chase rats, or you want to clean out the garbage? Take out the garbage. It's a lot of stinky work. It's not fun, but the rats go. It, and, you know, and here's, golly, I could, I, like I said, I could just keep talking to you for hours. The, <laughs> that's the other thing, too, is it's the scariest thing in the world to do, to act in obedience, to face a truth. Yep. And it's not fun. Well, and it's not face fun. I, I spent 60 years, I spent 60 years trying to hide that junk in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel, that's all I've been doing. I've been trying to run from it. I've been trying to hide from it. And you want me to dig it up? You can't outrun God. Yeah. And God has a plan for you. And he's going to yeah. keep like after you. He's going to chase you down until yeah. your 70s or 80s because yeah. his purpose for you doesn't change. But that the thing is, you will get addicted to facing your fear after you get through the first few. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you understand the promise that you were created. Every obstacle, every giant, everything that comes in your path to try to deter you from the path that you're created on, you were created to overcome yes. all of your trauma, all Amen. of your obstacles. Come on. <laughs> and as soon as you face it, as soon as you get the courage to face it, guess what? When you overcome it, you've become bigger than that giant, and that giant will no longer yes. have any power you over you. Now, you'll you get bigger giants, but that's okay. Because you become a giant slayer. After a couple, you're meant to slay them. Yes, you, you become a giant slayer. Exactly. That gum yeah. right. It's the okay. most addicting thing. That's why I can sit here so easily now 
and talk about all the things that Jesus has set me free from. I I know that I was an abuser. I know two of the six times of being in jail as an abuser. I know about all of my past. I I, I live with HIV every day. I don't forget it. But guess what? I'm healthy. I'm healthy because of the grace of God. Come on. And and I have, and God has restored all that I've lost with the exception of my twins. Everything else has been restored in my life. That is God's grace, but that also comes from facing the uncomfortable things about myself. 100%. 100%. You can do it too. You know, if you don't face it, it'll 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 drag you down. Oh, it, chase it, you it, down and uh, eat you alive. It's a chain it, around your it's a chain around your legs. Amen. It's a ball and chain. It's a ball and chain. You, know, you can drag that thing around all your life or you can sit down and figure out why it's there and cut it off. Mm. For you know, leave it behind. But you Absolutely. can't leave it if you don't deal with it. That's it, right. You, you can try and dress it up and Put a little tuxedo on that ball and chain, and you might look good, but you're not good because it's still there. I don't care you, what you covered. You can gold plate to the ball and chain, and you know it'll never leave until you eliminate. Stop trying to maintain. Eliminate. That's right, Papa Ray. God bless you, man. Thank you for being here. We are definitely going to have you back. Ah, looking forward to it. Looking forward right, to it. See you soon. All right. Bye. Papa Ray, everybody, golly, that was good. I've, ne- I swear to you, I think at one one time I took one or two little notes, but that was to remind me of a question to ask. I literally took down nugget after nugget after nugget. So I, this was fantastic. Uh, one announcement: I was gonna, I was gonna DJ, but uh, we went a little bit longer than I planned on. Um, I'm actually gonna look for a DJ to come play on the show. We have musical rights. I want to DJ when I play. Um, life has gotten so busy. <laughs> and it's, thank God for that. Um, thank God for everything that we have going on. Thank God for the book. And I'd really be grateful if you guys bought the book. This is, um, I don't know if you can remember that code or not, but it's on Amazon. Look up the devil inside me. It's, look, I don't want to ruin the ending of it, but I mean, you could probably put two and two together um, what the ending is. That said, um, you know, I do uh, appreciate your support with that. Um, as far as the DJ go, DJing goes, I'm looking for a DJ to play gospel house music. Um, I love gospel house. I love gospel music, but I don't want, as I, with the whole gratitude unfiltered, the ministry side of this, I don't want to do things like other people. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious if you watch gratitude unfiltered for a while. I don't do things like other people. And uh, I won't do things like other people. We like to find, we well, we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. And I really do want to DJ um, and uh, broadcast at the same time. But the fact is this, it I like to pour my heart into the messages that are delivered, whether it's the interview, whether it's myself just talking with you all. Um, and it's two different focuses completely. And, and they both deserve attention. I DJing is one of the funnest things I've ever done. Um, it's just, it's hard to do both at the same time in a a way that is professional, looks good, and also doesn't distract from one discipline or the other. So if you know of a DJ out there that is interested in playing gospel house music, um, we're going to start interviewing those DJs now. So 
we're broadcast all over the world, uh, TV, radio, podcast, social media, and uh, we publish everything so you would get credit. Um, it would be great exposure and would be honored to have you. That said, um, man, God bless Papa Ray. What a cool dude. Uh, just really love this. And you'll be able to find, um, I know he gave his websites out, but if you go to livemonaworldwide.org, which is the website below me, um, we're going to publish the media kit after this. You'll be able to find all of his links that'll take you right there. But just to, um, I think he said, ilapnow.com. Uh, there's a book, Father's, oh, I'm going to mess this up. Papa Ray Hertz on Facebook. And there was another, well, like I said, I'm going to have everything posted um, on the website, but you guys check him out. Add him on Facebook. That, that's the most value anyone's dropped. And we've had some superheroes on the show, but I've never had anything like this. I, I just loved it. And I hope you did too. So if this impacted your life, um, look him up. So into, so into what he's doing and um, buy his books. My goodness. Um, yeah, just like I, to me, it's the kind of guy that I, I want in my life. I, I really, really enjoyed that. So hope you did too. Please share it out. Thank you to everyone watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network powered by E360 TV. Uh, thank you. And um, God bless you all. Have an amazing day and uh, evening wherever you're watching around the world. And we'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>